People say he ain't no good And I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning And pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade Well I ain't got no money But you better believe I got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing Just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. I want to give a special thank you to Project K9 Hero. Them and Cashman's Pub just came on to be a sponsor for us for an entire year. So, if you guys love puppy dogs, if you guys love supporting our military and law enforcement, you guys need to go check out Project K9 Hero. Go make a donation. Go do whatever. Buy some gear to show your support. Thank you to Jason Johnson and also to my guy Ron at Cashman's Pub. Ron is opening up a couple other spots. He's already got the library uh, in Macon, Georgia. And let me tell you, when we go out to Macon, that is where we pregame. We pregame at Cashman's. We have a good time. They got good food. They always got good music. And Ron is letting me bring some artists down there to play. So y'all do me a favor. If you're in Macon, Georgia, and you're looking for a spot to eat, go check out Cashman's Pub. If you're looking for a spot to get drunk and hang out with your friends, Cashman's Pub is the place to go. Special thank you to Mr. Blake over at Gerald Electric Company. Right here in Cochran, Georgia, they can handle all your commercial and industrial electrical construction and maintenance needs. Uh, this old fella came on uh, middle of the month, so this ad ain't completely finished, but What's cool about it, they're right here out of Cochran, Georgia. It's family-owned business, and they're going to be coming here in the next couple of days and actually doing an episode and telling you guys more about them and their company. So, y'all, please do me a favor and go check them out on all social media platforms and give them a call for any of your commercial and industrial electrical needs today. That's Gerald Electric Company. Ask for Blake. His phone number is 478-279-3308 and tell them you. Heard it right here on the Josh Terry Podcast. A good buddy to the show decided to sponsor this month, DPF Alternatives at 314 Garrison Road in Macon, Georgia. You can find this good old boy on Facebook at DPF Alternatives Macon, Georgia. They service diesel vehicles, semis, pickup, tractors, heavy equipment, anything that uses diesel. They clean all admission systems and diesels, and they give you a one-year warranty. They also sell aftermarket filters, offer 24 our service look my dad recently this is how we got hooked up with these guys uh my dad recently had to take his truck somewhere to get it serviced and the guys over at dpf hooked us up and we come to find out that he listened to the show because his sister had been on the show a lot so pretty much like family now so if your diesel needs its emission system clean or serviced i'm telling you go check out my guys over at d P.F. in Macon, Georgia. You can call them now at 
888-888-8502. Tell them you heard their ad on the Josh Terry podcast and get $50 off. DPF Alternatives Making Georgia. Shout out to my boys over at Deep South Chemical. A couple weeks ago, they heard the ad on the podcast, and they sent me over some of the stuff that they sell. Some chemicals that you wash your vehicles with. Some degreasers, some tire shine, some waxes, all that good stuff. And let me tell you, folks, their stuff isn't like the shit you get at Walmart. This isn't like the shit you get from O'Reilly's. They gave me this stuff for my tires and rims. And all I had to do was spray it on and wipe it off. I didn't have to scrub. I didn't have to break my damn back. Their stuff literally was so good. I just had to wipe it off. I know I would have used these guys again, even if they wouldn't have sponsored the show. So it tickled me when they decided to do it this month. So I need you guys to please go look up Deep South Chemical. Call them today. They'll ship the stuff to you. Their phone number is 404-909-4257. That's Deep South Chemical. Chemical, tell Mr. Scott that Josh Terry sent you. Let me tell y'all about Blue Collar Alliance. Y'all need y'all to go look it up on Facebook right now. It is a great group on Facebook, and it's way more than that. My buddy, Bubba Marlboro, is helping out blue collar workers left and right. He also has a roofing company. Just go look it up if you don't mind. Blue Collar Alliance. One of the artists that I would really like for y'all to take a look at is my guy, Mark Ware. Mark was in here a couple weeks ago. He tells his story. You guys need to go listen to that episode. Also, go follow all of his social media. Mark Ware music on everything. Dude is solid. He's a good friend of the show. Go look him up now. Mark Ware music. Let me tell you about my girl, Miss Erica, with Crooked W Consulting. She has a small marketing and design agency out of North Carolina. She offers small, affordable business solutions that tailor your business and startups nationwide. She's currently doing my new website. I'm telling you folks, you need to let her do yours. She's doing us a jam up job. She also offers digital marketing, graphic design, and social media management if i'm using her here at the studio there ain't no reason why your small business shouldn't look her up on facebook and instagram at crooked w consulting or text her now at 919-351-2084 crooked w consulting hit up miss erica now you won't be disappointed Let's give a quick shout out to Nobles Networking. Guys, if you're looking for a new internet provider, they hook me up here at the studio and at my house. If you live out in the country and you can't find nowhere else where to get your internet or you're paying too much for Hargrave or any of that other shit, look up Nobles Networking. 478-308-0596. You are going to love it. I'm telling you, it works great for me. It runs everything here at the studio in my house perfectly. Hit up Nobles Networking. Let me tell you about Lori's Dive-In in Alamo, Georgia. I've ran her ad several times now. She's been with me since I started doing this stuff. Even if it's not convenient for you, take some time, go out of your way, and go eat there. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. She takes pride in her staff, her food, her service, every single aspect. So, Please go check out Lori's Dive-In in Alamo, Georgia at 8 Commerce Street. And the phone number is 
1645. Lori's Dive-In. If you've seen me wearing hats lately that's got D-Y-H on it, it stands for Down Yonder Hat Coat. Seth Baysmore, a buddy of mine, he owns that company, and he has sent me some of their hats. Let me tell you, I love them. I've worn them in a lot of my stuff lately, and I plan on wearing them a lot more. I've showed them to some of my friends. He has a startup business, and I'm telling you guys, you would absolutely love them. So do me a favor. Go right now to his Instagram at Down Yonder Hat Co. Check them out. They also have a website, downyonderhatco.com. Order some stuff from them and tag them on Instagram. And when you do, make sure when you make the post, you say that you heard about the hats and Down Yonder right here on the Josh Terry Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, folks? Thank you all for tuning into the Josh Terry Podcast. Uh, I am excited about the show today. Um, every once in a while, I get sent something from Nashville and uh, or just wherever, really. My buddies know how much I value traditional country music, real country music, stuff's got heart and soul and everything. And uh, I had a buddy, shout out to Little Skinny. He uh, he sent me, the fellow I'm about to introduce y'all to, uh at a writer's round one night and i've been hooked on him ever since then so uh y'all please give mr uh brett shiroki a round of applause even don't know why the hell i'm saying it like this is fucking live but y'all need to go look up this man's stuff i didn't know who he was till two years ago and i feel bad about that so if you don't know you need to go listen to everything this man has out uh but hey mr brett now that i gave a shitty intro <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining the applause and it's overwhelming. It better be. It it better be. <laughs> yeah. Not I'm getting fired from my own fucking studio on that one. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I Any appreciate it. Anytime, dude. Anytime I can sit down. Like uh I like to I'm very picky about who I have on the show because uh, I mean everybody you got all these other shows and everything that's gonna have like the the mainstream or not necessarily main, the the cookie cutter person is usually how I'm having to say it now because I done got in trouble a couple times by insulting people and not meaning to. Uh but like I think well, let's be do what? Let's be honest. Yeah, I like mean, I, there's a that's a big thing. I mean it's just like it country music, a lot of it has become I guess maybe all music. I don't really know much about other genres, but a lot of it has become just if it worked once do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I, I, know, I, so. I, I like that Seagull coffee cup you got right there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotta gotta kiss the hand that feeds me. <laughs> I, I love. I look. I love me some Bobby Pinson now. Like he, yeah. he he's he's been cool to me. Uh, every time I see anybody with Seagull, I start thinking about that fella. I got to record a show there with him at Seagull. Oh, okay. Uh, last August, and he is just. I just think he's the coolest. Yeah. I, he's like uh he talks in he talks in country music hooks, you know, like he just has a he has a one liner like every five seconds. <laughs> He's, oh man. But um but yeah, so like I get to be picky. I don't wanna be I got respect for Bobby Bones, I got respect for everybody else that does the same thing I do, right? Yeah. But like I wanna find the people that are country music to me, what relates to me, what hits me. Like uh, I like my country music or just any music in general, really to identify with me, to have a connection with it. And when I listen to your stuff, I have a connection with it. And I think that I know better than everybody else. I'm like, this is real country music. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, man. But yeah. Uh, so how long, uh, so you're in Nashville permanently now. How long have you been there? Yeah, man. I moved here in 2009. 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I feel like an asshole for not knowing more about you then. Well, that's not, yeah, you shouldn't. I mean, so part of my story, I mean, a big part of my story is when I moved here, I mean, I really didn't, I wasn't giving up much effort for the first maybe four years or so. Uh, uh, and uh, when I, when I started turning it on and like really trying to make things happen, it was really just from a creative standpoint. I was, I was at that point, I was just wanting to be a songwriter. And my goal was I wanted my songs to win on merit. And so I didn't go do like, I didn't go do the Nashville hang thing. You know, I wasn't at yeah. Red Door and winter losers hanging out, meeting people and stuff. I just wanted to focus on making my songs better. And I wanted, I wanted to create a name for myself that way, which is a lot harder road, but then also nobody knows who you are until they do. So, uh, it's just kind of, yeah, it kind of happened that way, I guess, intentionally. Well, that's cool. The, people don't realize, I guess, and I had to be for the longest time, especially when I opened this studio, I was so anti Nashville to be honest with you, because yeah. I thought, I didn't think you needed it. I thought that your talent should stand out by itself. And I'm from Georgia. It seems like everybody you run into in Nashville is from Georgia anyway, damn near. And uh, I really thought that if you're good at what you do, you could do it from anywhere. But then I started going to Nashville all the time, recording and and working with folks or whatever. And it really is – creativity drives creativity. You're just around people all the time that in my town where I live and I'm from, nobody's going to say anything creative today out of everybody here. And I'm not knocking them. They're just used to a different world. Nashville's a bunch of dreamers. And I like, I love it. I love it. You just, you need it more than anything. And I didn't realize that till recently. Yeah. I mean, it'll make, yeah, it'll make you better. Iron sharpens iron. Right. So, uh, yeah, there's no way. I mean, honestly, the the best writers, songwriters, and people in the world doing this are here, um, in my opinion. Uh, country music has that edge of actually, it's not just words and music, it's songwriting, it's craftsmanship. And uh, I think, you know, I, I saw an interview not too long ago with Ed Sheeran. I think he's putting out a country, he wants to put out a country record now. And he just said he's like the best songwriters in the world are in Nashville. And that's Ed Sheeran, who's, I think, the biggest artist on Spotify, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm a bit a Sharon guy anyway. Like, I think he's super, super talented as it is. But, uh, yeah, man, country music's the only genre that I can think of that if you hear 10 songs, five of them are going to have a real connection with you. Five yeah. of them's liable to make you cry, make you think, make you feel. And other genres, I mean, you're going to have, like, you got like a Kelly Clarkson, but she could come to do country music right now and be amazing. Like, and her stories and stuff that she does, even though it's poppy, it's good. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. And Ed Sharon's the same way, but you you don't get that. Country music is just a whole, I mean, it's a whole way of life. It's yeah. the only genre I can think of that's actually a way of life. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know much about other genres. I mean, I could you, I guess you could say hip hop and rap. That's kind of a way of life thing too, right? Yeah. I don't know much about that. I just don't identify with it as a thing. Like, yeah. I, it's not that I don't like some of it. I really do. Especially old school stuff. Like I really like old school shit, but I don't identify with it. I identify with country music. Yeah. Same, man. Same. That's why I'm here for sure. Who, uh, who's like some of your big influences? Uh, I mean, I kind of, that whole nineties 
early 2000s era uh late 80s that that whole just the era in general in, in general is what drove me here so i mean you know your brooks and duns your garths your joe diffies uh travis tritt randy travis like the judds and then even uh, further back, like at the top of my list, towards the top is like Ronnie Millsap for me. Oh, dude, I'm huge Ronnie fan. Yeah, huge. He's, uh, he's going. He's playing in October. It just popped up. Uh, he says he's doing his last uh, Nashville show October third, and I'm good friends with Phil Vassar, and uh, and he's playing it. I think it's just a bunch of artists like doing Ronnie Millsap songs and stuff. And uh, I, I called Phil. I was like, man. If you don't get me into this show to come, to come via be on the side stage or something, we're not friends anymore. So he said he's gonna get me in there. So I'm got, so pumped about that. I've got to find a ticket right now. My Ronnie's like probably it's so hard to say who your favorites are anyway, but Ronnie's up there in my top ten with without it. Yes. Yeah. And it's so funny is to me, he's like he's one of those that people don't really think about anymore. But yeah. But then, but then you lit, I think he's had like 40 number ones or something ridiculous. And, uh, and then you just go through and listen to like, you just listen to his list of songs. You're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just a bunch of those kind of, Oh my gosh, I forgot about that one. And, and why well, I, I have yeah. this conversation all the time with my friends. I didn't appreciate Willie Nelson until I got mm -hmm. old enough to understand what he was singing about to understand his songs. I used to think like, why the fuck is this guy popular? So as a kid, <laughs> like he's got, yeah. his, his voice is just aggravating. Like, but when yeah. you get older and you listen to it, you're like, Oh, I was a moron. I missed the whole, yeah. everything to do with Willie. And Ronnie kind of is the yeah. same with me. Like I just didn't appreciate Ronnie's music until you actually sit there and listen to it and you dive into it. And he, he has grown on me so much over the past couple years that it's like, why the fuck wasn't I listening? And it's also that weird era in the 80s where you have the synthesizers or whatever you have in yeah. some of his songs to where it's like, okay, this is yeah. kind of trippy, but it's good. Yeah, man, the saxophone solos that were popular for a while, like, oh, dude. Yeah, good stuff. And so funny is right before I popped on here and I saw the Ronnie Millsap thing, it dinged me that Willie Nelson's play. Have you been... There's a uh, there's a uh, amphitheater out here in Franklin, Tennessee. Have you been to that one? I haven't yet, but they said it's like a little Red Rock, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool, man. It's just an old quarry that uh, they like worked into a, a venue, and uh, but Willie's playing there, oh, which dude. is freaking awesome. So I'm like, I already clicked the link, so I don't forget after we get down here, so I can buy a ticket because I'm going. I don't even care what it is. I don't care if uh, I don't care if it's my kid's birthday. I'm going. Oh yeah, there's a, there's there's some for me. I missed. Uh, I miss George Jones and uh, I'll never forgive myself for missing George Jones being 30 minutes up the road. And it was like two years before he died. Or it might've even been like a year. And I've made the vow to myself. Like it doesn't matter if I, if I think you're one of the icons, one of the guys that I really, really like or females that I really like, yeah. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and go. Cause you're not going to get a chance to see some of them again. Yep. Yeah, man. And a lot of that great, you know, I'm a big, I'm really into uh, that classic 70s era rock too, like your Seeger, right. Seegers and Jackson Brown and all that stuff. And those guys, I mean, they're getting to that age now where, you I know. Was, I was on a waiting list for Elton John's uh, Golden Brick tour or whatever it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I got the notification that there was one seat available 
and I needed two, but it was like $1,500 a seat, and it was shit seats. And I sat there, and I was like, I'm probably going to go to Elton John by myself. Like, I, I'm just going to. Did I you do it? it? No, fuck no. I didn't pay for it. If it had been good seats, I'm talking, they would have to have been immaculate seats. For yeah. Me, for me to pay $1,500 for anything. <sighs> I'm a cheap bastard. Yeah. But Elton, Elton's just one of those guys, man. That era of rock and everything. Dude, I don't even think they make rock music anymore, to be real with you. Like, it seems like when classic rock died and then you had that, the great 90s rock bands. After that, I can't even tell you what a rock band is. No, it's sort of like that. And it really bothers me, man, because I feel like for me, like stylistically, what I do personally is I feel like it's got one foot in that 70s rock era and then and even 90s rock and then the country thing. And uh, it really bums me out that, like you just said, like, what's like the last greatest rock band, like the Foo Fighters? Like, who's the last one that was there? I'm a a big stain guy. I like Aaron Lewis so fucking much. So, I mean, he's just a cool dude. But that's even a different kind of rock. To yeah, that's, me. yeah, yeah. I mean, King, right. Kings of Leon, I guess maybe, and they're not—they they weren't good. fire status, but they're—they're they're maybe like the biggest one, the the last one. It's yeah, just dude, sort of I can't, genre. I can't name like, a rock band now. Like, mm-hmm. only reason why I've even looked at the rock charts at all is Hardy had the number one rock song recently, and then okay. Jelly Roll, I think, has got the number one rock album right now. And I don't even know okay. how you consider. What Jelly Roll's doing, rock, but it's whatever. I don't, I don't, I think rock is just whatever the fuck they want to call it now. Yeah. It's, it's maybe it's rock because of the absence of all the, there's just too much, like it's just a big open door now. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I do miss that stuff. Um, yeah, you said Seeger, dude. I remember my dad. Uh, we went, I can't, it had to be Alabama. I live like right in central Georgia. We went to somewhere in Alabama to go to a, a baseball tournament for me when I was young. And he bought uh, a Bob Seeger and Silver Bullet band, uh, Greatest Hits. And I was like 13 at the time or some shit like that. And he was like, Bob Seeger is the best riding, listen, listening to music road trip of all time. And even to this day, man. I can just turn on some Seeger and just fucking ride. Dude, how can you put on, how can you be in a car or whatever, driving with the windows down and against the wind comes on and it not oh, man, be like, man. like transported to a good place. I'll tell you which one does it for me the most with him though, is fire down below. Oh, dude, there's something about that one. Oh, mm-hmm. I just, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, I, that catalog goes deep, man. I've never seen him. Uh, I need to make sure that I don't, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if they're still torn. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know Seeger's still alive now that I'm thinking he's about. Still, he's still alive. Well, now you're making me second guess. Yeah, I, see, well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many. Yeah, he's uh, alive. Yeah, I think he's he is too. I feel like it would have been a big deal if he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah, I just, I, there's so many I'm confused. Like, but then I look and I see Steven Tyler still alive and I'm like, how? Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like he should have died. Like I, I love yeah. Aerosmith, but it's like uh, if he's still kicking, why isn't everybody? Yeah, yeah, or the or just the dudes from the Rolling Stones. I mean, God, Mick looks like he died. Nobody told him. I yeah. don't even know how he's still going. <laughs> I got to uh, years and years ago. Uh, I don't even know how I got into this thing. It was 
somebody didn't go, I guess, and maybe I got a, 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 a ticket in place. But it was this place downtown. I remember what venue it was, somewhere close to the river on Broadway, and it was just this corporate uh, corporate party, I guess. But uh, maybe there was like two hundred people there, maybe, and uh, freaking Cheryl Crow was oh, their with her band. And then Steven Tyler walked in and I got to shake his hand and it was just like, I never been, I don't, I'm not the starstruck kind of guy. Like it doesn't really happen to me, but just something instantaneously in that moment, I was like, you're fucking Steven Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was crazy. I, th I think there's some that it's all right to be that way. Like I've had to, I've had to play it down with certain people in Nashville. Like uh, the first time my show ever got into uh, the top 100 in the world. It, I just happened to be in Nashville that time. Like I was 73 in the world and, or it, let me say this for some asshole facts checks me in my category of society and culture. I was 73 in the world. I was like number two, 20 something overall. Um, I always like to throw the 73 out there first. It sounds way fucking yeah. better. Heck yeah. but, so like I'm up there and I'm at a writer's round at live Oak and uh, it happens to be a show that I didn't know was happening, but it was, Ashley McBride, Aaron Lewis, Dylan Carmichael, um, Ashlyn Craft, Colin, Allie Collin. There, I mean, it was it was really it was a really good lineup. And one of my buddies knew how big of a fan of Ashley McBride I was. Well, uh, I fangirled for a minute. I ain't gonna lie, like I, I did, yeah. and I was so drunk because I, I've had to learn that now when I get good and hammered. One, I don't need to talk about business, and two, just take your ass home. Don't don't try to talk. You'll get a you, hopefully you'll get a chance to run into somebody again, right? I God bless that woman. So I talked her ear off for about ten minutes until somebody had to walk up and get me and be like, "Okay, Josh, she's got shit to do." But like, I, I was fangirling. I, I I don't I don't I don't get that way. But I think there's certain folks that it's cool. It's cool to be. And Steven Tyler has to be on that list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just some of them that I was just talking about this the other day with one of, one of my buddies about like, <clears throat> you know how artists like, I don't think we have like superstar artists the way that we used to because I think uh, everything is like on social media now. Like there yeah. is no, there's no mystery, mystery anymore. Uh, you know, I think Michael Jackson was larger life because you didn't know much about him until you saw him on TV or a special appearance or read something about him in a magazine, you know? And that's not the case anymore. But I feel like those those people from that generation, to me, I guess, are just still have that sort of. Well, I think because of social media, famous is a whole different word now. You, yeah. you can have some 16-year-old kid that has no talent in this world but can do a trendy dance. And yeah. they've got 10 million more followers than somebody that's got real talent. It doesn't make sense anymore. Right. So yeah, I don't, my I don't much care for it. My buddy David uh, Dorn said it to me. Uh, we worked together on all my stuff that I put out, uh, and he he was like, you know, think about it, man. He's like, it used to be like you had it was sort of like to get to get this small gig, you had to be of a certain talent level. Yeah. But to get to the next thing, you had to be even kind of better, right? To get the management, you had to be. It was just sort of like this ladder kind of that you had to be. He's like, but now. He goes, everybody has a phone and they have a free app called TikTok. And you were on the same stage, no matter how good you are, with some mom who can't dance, dancing to a song or somebody literally, this one gets me, someone literally filming themselves watching another video. Oh, yeah. Shit drives me nuts, dude. <laughs> and, there, and there's like millions of views on it. It's just 
it's funny, but he's right. You know, like you're on, it's everyone's on the same stage now, regardless of talent level. Yeah. Well, I think though, I think talent ends up shining through. I think it's easy come easy go. Um, I, I, I didn't really get into a debate with the guys. I don't know uh, if you know Matt Burrell and Nikki T from outside the round and Ray's Rowdy. Yeah, I uh, do. Okay. I love them. I was on their show last time I was in Nashville a few weeks ago, and I was trying to explain to them, and I just can't put it into words well why I don't like it. And I'll probably fuck it up here again. I like when you have to pay your dues and whatever it is in life. And I think it's easy come, easy go for these people. And it's not that I'm jealous or mad at folks that – pop off but th that that blow up do, trying to do music especially but it's like you're not that talented but then you have somebody that is really talented but because you already have the built-in following it's like you leapfrog them and it's not that i don't like what they're doing it's just i don't think that you've earned it or deserve it the way that somebody else does yeah. Like, I, I like the dudes that had to struggle. I like the dudes that had to find themselves. It didn't um that I, I I quote Bobby all the time when he told me this during the show. And he's like, Man, you gotta write one great song before you write a lot of good ones. Yeah. You get noticed or whatever, right? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, these guys wrote songs that in six months nobody's gonna know. But yet you got uh, just one off the top of my head that I like so much is good thing going, I think is a fucking great song. A great song. And what you came out like in what 2021? Oh man, I don't even remember. Probably, yeah, probably yeah, late 2021. Yeah. Like that song right there will be listened to in 10 years, oh. but it but it might not have got the the fanfare or whatever sure. that somebody on TikTok that did some stupid ass song got yeah. millions of play. Like it makes I think music used to be about who was the best. No matter yeah. what you look like, who you were, Janis Joplin is the ugliest thing that's ever walked this earth. And I'd <laughs> rather listen to her sing than damn near anybody, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't like how it's how it's just like turnkey now. Like, oh, this person has the following. They're a pretty boy or girl. Let's let's let let's let them write music. Yeah, or play music or whatever. I, I don't much care for. There's something about this not country or even other genres. It's just not real to me. Yeah. I'm with you, man. But, at the, but, at the and I've, you know, I've battled that demon many, many times being in the thick of it, trying to like come up and everything, uh, in the midst of it. But at the end of the day, I think the thing that I have to remember is, uh, I wouldn't want it that way anyway. So let them have it, you know, I'm going to yeah. keep doing my thing. And, and, you know, my faith is the very center of my life. And I just feel like, um, God gave me what he gave me to do. And, uh, and, I heard someone say, like, he'll show you your destination, but he ain't going to show you your path because Ooh. if he did that, what would you need faith for? Right. So I'm just trying to focus on using the gifts that he gave me and, and worshiping the giver and not the gift and just doing it and, uh, and letting that be enough. Cause at the end of the day, I can tell you when you write a great song with, with some co-writers, like it doesn't, if it if it becomes a number one and you get on a stage and accept an award for it or whatever, that feeling is not going to match how giddy and excited you were in that room when you mm -hmm. created it. Like that is the victory, you know. The victory is just using the gift that and doing what he, he made you to do. And uh, so I have to keep coming back to that and just letting the rest be the rest and not have to worry about it, you know. Yeah. So I'm big on blind faith. I think it is. 
I think it is what makes us all. Like, I, I'm a Christian. I'm not a very good one now. Don't get me wrong. I know who my Lord and Savior is. He knows me. But I am the first one to mess up. And uh, But I, I I wear my sins where everybody can see. I'm not ashamed of it. it like I, I lived a lot of my life hiding the stuff that I liked in the dark, just trying to make everybody else happy. And I was making myself miserable. So I am who I am. I mean, it, the good Lord knows me. But yeah. um, I, I'm big on, like, how can you argue or go against the person that knows the the past, the present, and the future? Like, God doesn't make mistakes. We do, right? Yeah, so, like, it, it's where if he's got us in the position that he's got us in in life, there's a reason. And sometimes the reason is us. Like, there's been times uh, I talk about mental health awareness on this show so much. I'm a suicide survivor for, like, 13 years ago. Oh man. And like I've battled depression. I've battled anxiety. And I I look back at it now and it's like I had to go through that to be the person I am now. I had to because one, I'm I don't I can take the taboo out of something real quick. And the the awards that I've received or the accolades or the acknowledge whatever, somebody's paid the show attention. Nothing is as good as when someone says, Hey man, you sharing something helped me. Like th that's what means something to me. And if I would have never went through the hard times and I would have never been in those places, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am now. I'm kind of grateful for the bad shit. And like, that's, that's how I look at it with the songwriting too. It's, you know, you might not get the acknowledgement right now that a song deserves, but somebody's going to hear something one time and it's going to change their life. Like it's gonna help them so much, and yeah, you can't. You might not get a fucking CMT, but I'm all about legacy. I don't care about the right now. I want the people that I associate with that are on the show or do the rounds or whatever. Like I want somebody that is obsessed with ten years from now. How are people gonna look at me? Like yeah. wh what song am I gonna write that's gonna be something that I I'm a Keith Whitley's my all time favorite. Like oh, yeah. I literally was watching. Uh, life and times of Keith Whitley a while ago while I was waiting on you. And his songs to this day resonate with me. And he's been gone 33 years mm -hmm. or 30 years, whatever it is. And it's just like, that's what I think of when I listen to your music, when I listen to actual songwriter and storytellers. Mm -hmm. And it's just like these other people, I think they're just a flash in the pan. Folks yeah. like you are going to be people that in 10 years, I'm still listening to your stuff. Well, that's quite a compliment. Thank you, man. That is uh that's good. That's very nice to hear. Cause that is what we aim for, man. I mean, most of the time, uh, that's, yeah, I don't want to just write a song to write a song and I don't really, you know, I want to give it everything I have and, and I, it, it needs to connect. Like I need to, if I don't believe it when I'm writing it, then I know how am I supposed to accept, expect anybody else to, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's sort of the, that's sort of the bullseye and the song right in the, in the room for me and my crew that I write with a lot. Um, so it's very nice to hear that that's recognized. Thank you for that. Well, you, you can tell dude, you can, uh, I got in trouble for this not long ago, but I still stand by it. I like when I hear you play something, I want to, I want it to not only have a connection with me. I want to feel like it's connecting with you, that you feel yeah. the stuff that's coming out of your mouth, that you went through it. You lived it somehow is relatable to you. I don't, I don't want to hear some pretty boy singing about how rough his life has been. 
You know, like it's, <laughs> I'm sure there's a market for whatever he's doing and it look like yeah. they're killing it. But yeah. it's at the same time, it's like, this isn't me. This yeah. isn't what I know. When I worked, I was telling uh, Taylor Austin Dye did the show yesterday. She's got a show with me. Uh, by the way, everybody, Humminbird, July, or June the 16th, uh, Taylor Austin Dye and Mark Orient. Um, But I was telling her yesterday, it's um, when I worked in radio, uh, right there before I got out, the request lines that you would get every day were people who really lived – the country music lifestyle and they never requested a song that was in the top 40. I've never understood how you can have songs in the top 40, but nobody wants to hear the damn things. Yeah. Like they, they want to hear stuff like you got, they want to hear what they're going through. They don't want to just hear how fucking jacked up your truck is or what a girl look like on the tailgate or ain't yeah. that shit anymore. Like nobody, nobody really gives a shit. And because of, these things right here, our cell phones. Now we have the option of with somebody like you, and there's a whole lot more. It really just takes getting on a platform one time. People have seen you one time. And now because social media, you should get everything that would have took forever to build in country radio or whatever, right? Because you get to be the genuine version of yourself. Right. And yeah. So. Yeah, man. How serendipitous this conversation. This uh I just recently had some surgery done and uh I had I've been this is well tomorrow will be five weeks and uh it was pretty big surgery and uh You had open heart surgery, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was born with a bad aorta valve and so this has been hanging over my head. It's actually well, tangent a little bit. So I was born with this thing. I've known my whole life I was gonna have to have this done and uh, I just didn't know when. <clears throat> so I'd like go every year and check up and they did check it and and kind of measure things or whatever. But ever since I was little, I mean, I remember being like seven, eight years old and them telling me I need to figure out what I want to be when I grow up so that I'll have insurance. Because at that time you couldn't get private. If you had an exit, a condition like this, you couldn't get private insurance. You'd have to get it through an employer. So they were putting that on me as a kid. <laughs> you know, you got to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. It's like, okay, I'm going to be a cowboy. Uh, and, <laughs> but, uh, but so there was that. And, and then this, uh, you know, this thing, I was actually pretty athletic uh growing up but i had to sit out all that stuff because of this and damn could never lift weights you know so i've been this scrawny kid my whole life and uh but it, i think it sort of led me to music and uh and it led me to go to college to find you know something to do which was where i met my wife and uh and she's the one that convinced me to move to nashville and the, i wasn't going to do it i thought it was too big a dream to be able to do this for a living and she convinced me to do it and so we moved here and it's kind of like shaped this thing and, and uh and now that I've done it, uh, like you said earlier, uh, this thing that has been sort of hanging over my head my whole life and been like the biggest hindrance in my life. I mean, I've never felt God's presence in my life like I have through this whole thing, like being wheeled back there and the recovery. I mean, there's some incredible things that happened in my recovery that we'd just be praying on and like in real time. Like my wife was telling me, she's like, uh, at one point, like day three or whatever after my surgery, um, my, my blood pressure was really high and she was like texting a bunch of people like that. She's been keeping in the, in the loop about it. Like, can you guys pray to his blood pressure comes down? And she's like, and then as it was dinging, like as these things were coming in, she's like, I was just watching the monitor and it was just like going down or whatever. And, uh, 
uh, or that was my heart rate. Sorry. Uh, my heart rate was really high. And, uh, she was like, it was just like going down, like as soon as everything, like it would just come down. And, uh, and there's just like a, numerous examples of that. But anyway, this thing that has been, been the biggest hindrance in my life had become one of the biggest blessings. And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of just given me a new perspective on things and, uh, and kind of to get back what we were talking about, uh, you get, you get sucked in, in this business, you get sucked into trying to do the Nashville, you to I could say feed the Nashville machine, feed the country music machine, because what comes from the heart and what you really feel and what sells are most of the time pretty two different things. You know what I mean? Uh, you get in that writing room and you're like, all right, I, we, I, I mean, it'd be cool to do this, but who's going to say that? And that's going to, you know, that's going to take it, uh, uh, that's going to take the pitch and make it narrow. Not as many artists are going to want to cut that. So we got to kind of dumb it down or make it blander for lack of a better term. Uh, so that it you know, can get cut or whatever. And, uh, I don't know, like something in me has flipped through this whole process, I guess, just being with God and just feeling, like I said earlier, like, just be who you are, man. And, uh, and, and just believe it and just let me take care of the rest. And, uh, and I'm just like in this very comfortable place that I've haven't really been in, in a long time. I feel, I feel like I'm that 17 year old kid again, that like just was loving music and just did it because I loved it. And like, there were no rules and it was just whatever turned me on or whatever I felt. And I feel like I'm kind of like learning to be him again. And, uh, it's exciting. Like, uh, it's like, it's, I feel like, I feel like, uh, almost like I'm starting over again in a way. And I've been praying on it. And I, I mean, I've never put out a record before. It's always been a singles thing and focus on the song or anything too. And, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm being, do a record man like just put a record out i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna pay for this damn thing but I feel like you just like I, don't worry about that like we're gonna whatever and so uh yeah i think i i was actually in the studio yesterday and i'm gonna put a record out of just stuff that really means something to me and that just and i hope it you know i hope it people will just like it on its own merit and it connects and if it doesn't I imagine do, they will i imagine if it they doesn't will. do well whatever that's not really the point so uh yeah, I just wish I, I don't know. I I think I think country music also. I'm on all these tangents. Sorry. I feel like country stay music. Stay on though, them. Stay on them. I love it. I feel like country music though is sort of getting back to that a little bit. Like we've been in that feed the machine, do what. I mean, a lot of decisions are still made on algorithms and and numbers. It's a numbers game, you know. What I don't know. The labels really just take an artist that they think is just amazing and 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 go with it. I think it's got to be supported already with numbers and social media and streams and all that stuff. And those were those decisions are being made. But I do feel like the, there's something in the air that says maybe that's changing a little bit because think, you're saying you're not the only one that feels that way. Like if, if I, if there was like, if there was a conversation that I could say I have the most often when I uh, on the road or just playing shows or whatever, it's people coming up, just, just fans saying, why is everything on the radio the same? Like I, I can't even listen to the radio and I'm like, who's listening to the radio then? Cause I feel like everybody's saying they can't do it anymore. They can't take it. So, uh, you're, you're not alone. I feel like people are just like, they don't know they're starving yet. That, that, uh, that there's just nothing. Yeah. There's just a lack of genuine heartfelt real stuff that, that, uh, I think it's coming. I don't know. I, just feel I, like I think it is too, dude. Uh, one of the things that, I just obsessed with is sharing new music to my friends and seeing their reaction. Right. Yeah. And 
because like you just said, they're starving for it and they don't know it. Yeah. There's been so many times that I've been around somebody and they've sent me a work tape or they've sent me something they haven't released yet or whatever. And I'll be at the studio, have a bunch of people over here for a party or be somewhere. And I'll be like, Hey, listen to this. And the reaction that they get, it's like them discovering music all over again, discovering country anyway. Cause it's like, well, I'm only listening to the shit they're telling me I'm supposed to be listening to. Yeah. Why? Ha, why? It's always the same reaction. It's like, why is this not on the fucking radio? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And that is so important too. And I mean, you know, it cause you're kind of in the, you, you, you have, you deal with the business and you're in it with a bunch of artists and writers and stuff. But I feel like people don't really realize that sharing the music that you, that you like, is the thing because you get on there and Spotify will say like, if you like this, you also might like this. And I feel like 99% of the time it's like, that's yeah. nothing like what I, that's nothing like this, you know? Absolutely not. So I feel like it really is, uh, it's that word of mouth thing. Like if you, if you like something, you got to share it, man. And I feel like a lot of music, just music fans don't really realize how powerful that it is. So one of the big things that we do on the show is, uh, so I am obsessed with riders rounds anyway. Like I love going to a good one. I'd rather do that than go out. Like I, yeah. you, you'll see me drunk on Broadway every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like I'm, I'm a single 35 year old man. I'm going to go down there and have a good time. But like, I would rather be sitting at a really good riders round. Yeah. So I decided what I was going to do with the show is there's so many people that never get to hear what a writer's round is or hear the story with the song. They just have to get what they're fed. Right. Right. So I started recording all of our writer's rounds at live Oak and getting the artists that I think are best to go on there. And we get so much feedback from oh, when cool. we release those episodes. So like I'll release uh, a whole round as one episode. So four people up there, three people are playing their songs for an hour. And I'll release that as an episode on the show because I want people that listen to me to know there's more, there, there's more than just whatever. Like, yeah. e even like I'm a B side guy. Like I want, I want to hear the deep cuts, the stuff that nobody else listening to anyway. And I want people to hear this is stuff they never are going to get a chance to. A lot of people aren't even going to take the time to go sit there and listen to anybody tell their songs or tell their stories behind the song. And yeah. when you get the reaction back, it's like, okay, this is going in the right direction. You can see that people are starving for this. They just don't know they are. Yeah. I mean, go to the Bluebird and watch, I mean, any songwriters, yeah. rap, any of them. And the, and the crowd is just enamored and, and, you know, they're just like, you can, it's just a different thing. Like you watch these people are just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, uh, and they didn't, you know, a lot of them are tourists and stuff. They never experienced anything like that. They didn't know what a writer's round really was. And then they're yeah. like, this is incredible. Like, uh, yeah, like, I think people don't know. And, and what's funny, you say you're a B-side guy. I think, I think a lot of people unknowingly are too, because if you go watch a writer's round and go like, go watch, uh, go watch around with some writers that have had like a couple hits. Okay. Maybe one or two. And then you go watch and they'll play that hit last, but nine times out of 10, the first two songs they play are their favorite and they're the best ones. They're yeah. so much better than that last one that they played. Oh, yeah, dude. 
because they're playing what they love and what they think is what connects to them, what's real to them, because they, they love it. That's what they're playing those first two for. And uh, yeah, and so th those are the B-sides, you know, because if we're being honest, the best the best 50 songs written in Nashville every year, you're never going to hear them. Oh, dude, absolutely. Probably more than that. You're oh, never dude, there's, there's probably 50 that'll get wrote today. Yeah. That are better than anything you're going to hear on radio. It just doesn't fit a mold. And that, yeah. and that drives me nuts. The fact that we live in an era where Whitley wouldn't have made it. George Jones wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Nobody that I give a shit about would have made it on the radio today. And it's like, there has to be something wrong. I want it to wrap back around. And I hope, I hope that social media is the cause of this, that because of social media, you're going to get to hear those artists where you wouldn't have got a chance to before to where yeah. somebody wouldn't have gave them a chance. They're like, okay, well the hell with it. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. I'll just put the time and effort into it. I'll put it out. If I believe in what I'm doing and there's going to be people that gravitate toward it. That's why, that's why I try to take uh, these social media personalities. I hate the word influencer. I hate anybody who thinks they're an influencer, to be honest with yeah. you. I like, if you have a following on social media and I think you're a good person, you're going to travel with us. Like we, we take a big group with us everywhere we go. And it's because I want those people sharing your music or whoever's on stage at the time. And it'd be like, now we're going to give them a platform. We're going to try to change the game ourselves. Cause I, if you know how much I hate, I'm a, I'm not old yet. I hate saying that I'm, I'll be 36 this year, but I'm a grumpy bastard already. dude. Like I'm, <laughs> I I like to fight for the little guy, right? Yeah. And it's not because I think that somebody's going to blow up one day and then they're going to owe me something because I did something nice for them. It's like, I want this message out in the world. I want this right here. I want people to know when they listen to country music, it's not some corny-ass song. Like yeah. This is country music. This is why the fact that there's songs that I remember being a little kid riding dirt roads with my granddaddy that I can still turn on today. There needs to be more of that. And, and like, there's this people that are taking, I always say, leave my country alone. Just leave my country alone. Yeah. Like, let, let me enjoy what I want. You don't even have to call it anything else. Just don't fucking force it down my throat. Yeah. Man, you're spot on, dude. It's a shame to think about how many I've been, I've been blessed to be able to get in the room with some great legendary songwriters in Nashville that have written stuff that lives on forever and then just to kind of watch sometimes then be like yeah yeah that that'd be really great but we're gonna write ourselves out of a hit we're gonna write ourselves out of you know like they're not being they're clip they're clipping their own butterfly wings you know yeah. they're like they're not, they're not being who they used to be which was just because you just tried to write the thing as great as it can be and they're like putting those walls up to try to play the game and everything and whew, that's tough to watch it's tough to know that that's sort of the thing you know uh, and then, and then you have like what you said, like the best songs you, you get, you, cause you, your publisher, they just get sent around. Like someone writes something like a Tom Douglas, Scooter Caruso song gets written. I just heard one a few months ago. Amazing. And, uh, and it's getting passed around between all the publishers and the labels and everybody. And they're like, this is amazing. And it's like, and in, in your, in your mind, you're thinking, but no one's going to cut it. You know, it doesn't fit them. It doesn't fit, feed the machine or fit the mold. Like you said. And it's just a great song 
that would bring so many people to tears in a real way because it's about life and about real shit, which is what country is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and no one's going to hear it. Uh, it's a shame. That, but but uh, guys like you are on a mission to bring to, to change that. And uh, that's super important, man. That, well, uh, you think you carry it. You carry <laughs> you carry a lot on your shoulders doing that. I, I mean, well, you, I, I respect to, you for that. to me, it's to, to me, it is rewarding to get to have conversations like this and to try to put that out into the world. Cause like, look, when I got fired from country music, I got fired for being me. Right. And I don't yeah. care who you are, what you believe in, religious beliefs, political, I don't give a shit. I think everybody ought to be able to be happy. Right. Like as long as you're happy and not shoving something down my throat, I really don't care. Yeah. Right? Just don't tell me what I'm supposed to believe and we'll be fine. Or if you do that, you're probably going to get the asshole side of me. Yeah. And I think that people have just forgot what those songs are like and how they resonate so much. And if somebody doesn't put it out there, like I, I, I don't want to be the only person I want to be, I believe in like the wildfire effect Yeah. to where like, if maybe I'm the, I, I don't even think I'm the first person to be honest with you. There's gotta be others, but like, I want to be using my platform for the stuff that I believe in not just the shit that's going to get clickbait or ratings or whatever. I, I I really like the fact that like people like you have substance. I like the fact that even, you know how many people have got on here and even shared like their faith. That is, that, that shows me right there. What a good dude you are. It shows me that not only is your music good, you're a good dude. You ought to be somebody that everybody's fucking pushing. And just because you're not a 21 year old hot body dude or girl, like yeah. singing some Swifty shit. Like, why can't we? There's room for everybody. And yeah. honestly, I think there's a bigger room for folks like you that are actually playing country music. And I hope that more people share it. I hope more people find out about it. Cause I, I, I think that's the only disconnect. I think that people just don't know about it. And yeah. until they do, like, no, I mean, what it took Stapleton, how many years before anybody paid him attention? Like, well, dude, that's one of my favorite stories. Do you want to talk about? I don't know if this is accurate, one hundred percent accurate, but I was told some. I was told this a couple times from different people, so I think it is. Do you know the Chris Stapleton story? I like, don't. You're finna. You're finna blow my mind. Hey, let right. me ch let me change batteries real fast. Okay. On this because I don't. It wouldn't be my show if there was some type of technical difficulty. I've got three cameras, or two batteries for one good camera, and then I started <laughs> off with our shitty camera, just because. Uh, the power went out and nothing would charge earlier. So even if I got to change this other battery in a little bit, we're, we're good to go now. Uh, now I can see those sick couches behind you, man. Those are nice. So I am obsessed with like vintage everything. Like they're like seventies velvet. Dude. I just want to go like run my hand on it. <laughs> right, they're not the most comfortable thing to sit on now. Uh, they're literally just for when people are in here for us to record on. Yeah. I, they're kind of itchy. But they're, I mean, dude, they're sick. To look. And I've got like the king chair over there too. So the love seat, sofa, and then the the single sitter king chair over there. Oh, dude, they're nasty. I love the maroon. I uh, I want I want so badly to have like this is my little literally like six by eight studio closet that we you know that I, that I have to to do everything in. But uh, I want so badly to have like a room and just like shag carpet and like oh, that dude. furniture and just like. Just go like 1976 with it. And, oh, man. Because uh, that stuff just is like, it's a vibe. 
it just puts you in a different well, space. Well, when I opened my studio, even like the lights in here, like I had to change to right here above me. I did them all in red fluorescent lights because I wanted people that came in here from Nashville. I wanted it to be like, oh, we're at Red Door. Because I love yeah, those late night Red Door conversations. Yeah. As long as I'm not too shit faced to where I'm still making sense. Like, <laughs> I I love those conversations. So I wanted it to be like a whole vibe when people came into our studio. And it, it's, 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 it's looked all right now, but the 70s feel. Yeah, dude. That's whenever, when I ever, we're moving in the next couple of months, probably. And when we do, that's the whole vibe that I want. Like the shag carpet. It's funny you say that, like everything. Like I want it to be sick feeling like that. You got to send me photos or whatever. I'll, I didn't come down there and see it whenever it's done. Oh, dude. You, yeah. Hell, I'll have you on this show anytime you want. We'll just sit around and bullshit and, and have, have a good time anytime. But, yeah. uh, but, but this Stapleton story, I don't know it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I. Th- yeah, take this, I guess, with a small grain of salt, maybe, because it could be. <laughs> yeah. Stories change around here sometimes, but I've heard this a couple of times. So Stapleton's obviously written big songs for other artists and stuff. He's been around town. He used to write at Seagill, where I write. And uh, um, so people in Nashville knew who he was for a long time before the world did. But, you know, he kind of just the thing that blew him up was that uh, that CMA performance with uh, Justin Timberlake. Right. Yeah. And so the story behind that goes, even that was just sort of a chance thing for someone like Chris Stapleton, it still came down to sort of chance a little bit, which is, which is mind blowing, which it, which just tells you a lot, you know? Uh, but, uh, so the story goes that Justin Timberlake has, has started a publishing company here, uh, with Joe Fisher. And, uh, and I don't know if it's still around. I don't think it still exists or whatever, but Joe Fisher become uh, friends with Justin Timberlake and Jessica Beale, right? That's his wife. And uh, at some point, uh, I guess Jessica was throwing Justin a birthday party. And I think that I think they rented out some like ranch in Montana or something. And she wanted a country person to play like a country act. And I think Joe sent her staples and stuff. And she was like, oh, oh, my gosh, this guy's incredible. Yeah, I want to book him. And so he played Justin's birthday party and Justin fell in love with him. OK. And uh, and they had been at they had already lined up Justin to play the CMAs. But they were at that time. I think they were doing all those duo things. Like it was like a, everything was a duet, that, you know, yeah. pop country, all that crossroads shit they were doing yeah. and everything. Uh, and I think they were pushing Sam Hunt to be the duet with with Justin because you know it's a little more pop kind yeah. of I guess, successful. And uh, and from what I understand, Justin was like just kept pushing back. He wanted Stapleton. He wanted Staples, and they were like Stapleton. No, you know, absolutely not. That's not. I don't think that's big enough star power. Or whatever. And I think, from what I understand, Timberlake was like, look, I, I don't want to do it if I can't do it with Chris, with Chris. And they were like, okay. And so they did They did that. And then the next day, like everything changed. And, and Joe was telling me that he goes, that morning, that uh, that's the morning of the CMA, uh, the CMA Awards. We booked Chris to play in a bowling alley in Kentucky for 1200 bucks. him and his band. He said, and he was like, but the next day, we were turning down like three hundred thousand dollar gigs. <laughs> what is insane about that is I I believe it's a hundred percent true. Uh, rest in peace to Mister Rick Hill, who owned the Crazy Bull in Macon, Georgia. He came up to me one day when we were at the bar and was like, "Hey, look, there's a guy that's coming in next week. I'm going to give you some tickets to go see him, even though the tickets probably would have been like ten dollars anyway, right?" Yeah. And it was Chris Stapleton. He's like, you're not going to want to miss this dude. I saw him somewhere else. I booked him. 
And like this place, I mean, they have house bands all the time. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's a nice place, but it's not like a, a amphitheater. It's not, it's nothing like that. And dude, I will remember to the day I die, the 50 people that were in there watching Chris Stapleton. And then one year later, he's just through the roof. And it's just like, it takes one time. You it just don't know. One man. Time. You just don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, I know Lainey Wilson and we've written a couple times together and we wrote the song and she came over to my house and was doing, putting the vocals down on, on the demo and she was leaving after that to go meet with Jay Joyce, her producer, you know, and uh, she had just like started to, I think the process of signing her record deal and everything and just started happening or whatever. And she was just talking about, she's like, this is crazy. Cause like four months ago, like no, I, nobody like cared. Like there was nothing, you know, and now look at her. I mean, Dude. I mean, it was not that long ago that the, whatever it was, things a man ought to know or whatever she came out with. And I was like, this is good. Mm -hmm. this is this is this is good and i loved her voice and she just seemed like she was really not i've never met her or anything but she just seems like she's a real sweetheart and i got some friends that are close with her and it just seems like in the past two and a half years she's went from good to superstar. artist to superstar yeah it's definitely not overnight because she's earned it i know she's worked her ass off to get to where she's yeah. at but it's just crazy how quick it comes yeah man and and just yeah, uh, it it is a it is a weird thing, ain't it? Like what it, I was reading this thing about. Uh, I mean, you could take you could take the same you could take like a kid's a kid's teddy bear or something, and and you'd say like I'm gonna sell this for a million dollars. Your kid would be like, no. But if you just if someone else had it that it didn't mean anything to, they'd be like, I'll give you five bucks for that. They'd be like, okay, you know, like it's just the value is just it's not it's not the same. Uh, across the board uh, I was reading this thing about this some like one of the most renowned uh, violinists in the world was playing like this million dollar uh, violin in this New York subway and people were just walking by like not even paying attention and the next day he had sold out like Carnegie Hall like you know and it was just like depend it just you just don't you just don't know like what 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 makes something special isn't necessarily going to be received that way uh, even the, you know, one, one day, one day, the next, you know, I will, I will, I will forever remember when Sturgill, I'm a big fucking Sturgill Simpson guy. Whenever he played outside the CMAs or whatever it was that year, the yeah. CMTs on the corner. Uh, outside Bridgestone. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like that, that still, I mean, to be better, he is by far. And I've been to a lot of concerts. Sturgill is the best thing I've ever seen live. Like yeah. he is amazing. It blows my mind how good he is. And to think about how you had him on the corner and then you had everybody else inside this, the talent level for him, just for anybody like, you know, like I do, you can go to half the riders rounds tonight in Nashville and it's better than the talent that you're going to hear <laughs> on radio. And it blows yeah. my fucking yeah. mind dude yeah it is insane but you really can't control a lot of it right so you drive yourself mad i remember listening to a podcast with uh you know craig wiseman is big yeah. songwriter uh on big loud uh just listening to him talk someone who's just wildly successful in this business uh talk about how he struggled with the same thing that we all do and he's like we just 
you just realize at a certain point you're giving so much power to things you can't even control, yeah. you know, and, uh, and you can't really control how your stuff is received and what happens and all those little dominoes that have to fall to, to become Chris Stapleton the day after the CMAs or Laney Wilson four months later, you know, like just, it just happens. All you can really do is just do what you do. Until well, I, I'm big. Cause like, like I told you, I'm a little bit crazy anyway. Like I'm a, like I deal with anxiety and depression. So I have to, find stuff that helps me get through it. Right. Like I have to find little things to help me. And one of the things I've found with my faith um, to help me with my mental health is I like little signs. Like I don't have to have the reward yet. I don't want to be honest. I don't want the reward yet. Um, but I like to get little things in life that are like reminding me I'm on the right path. Like I'm on the right journey. Like, I really think it's kind of sad when you get to your destination because it's over. Like you gotta, yeah. you, you gotta start over again, but yeah. I like being on that road and every once in a while, like you're sitting there struggling, you're beating yourself up or whatever. And if you'll take a little victory and look at it as, I know this is just a small thing right now, but this is a reminder to me that I'm on the right road. Like my reward is at the end yeah. and like just take those little victories. And it helps so much when you just, you know, it's got to be frustrating for people like you. Um, hell, it's frustrating for people like me with some of the stuff I do. But then you get a show that drops in your lap or you get a song that just comes to you or whatever. And you're like, all right, I'm good at what I, I'm doing. And the good Lord wouldn't be giving me these signs that I'm where I'm supposed to be if I wasn't supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're absolutely right. Just be, I mean, that's, that's something that's echoed in the Bible a lot. Just be present and, 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 you know, just live in that moment and, and be with him. And, uh, and, um, you know, and, and to that too, like something I'm guilty of, I'm like, I'm the guy that like lives in the future most of the time. And, uh, and I just, I lose sight too often of like, I focus so much on where I want to be that I forget how, where I was, you know, oh, and, dude, yeah. and it's, it's, uh, it's hard to just ignore the journey and focus on the destination, but, uh, you miss, you miss it. You, you miss your life, you know, you'll miss the whole thing. So you got, you have to. And like you said, at the top of this thing, like the struggle, I'm reading this book. It's a devotional. Someone gave it to me. Uh, it's called streams in the desert. And it's just sort of like a bunch of a daily devotional about just finding like the blessings and the struggles and stuff. And, uh, and one of the things it says is like, and I know you're talking about mental health and everything, and that this might be something that you'd be interested in, in reading. Uh, the last one I read, man, it just blew my mind. It was talking about like the rain, like God sends the rain on you, you know, figuratively. Uh, and it talks about like the blessings of like, you know, the morning dew. Uh, it's in this like poem and it's really beautiful. And it's like the morning dew is good. Like it'll, it, it, it'll wet your, it'll wet your lips and everything. You can drink from it, but it's not going to, it's going to evaporate soon. Like, you know, those little blessings or whatever they said, but the rain that downpour on you, that is like, that's that you don't want to happen. That's what's going to make you grow. You know, that's the thing that sustains you. And, uh, and it just talks about the blessing that is the struggle. And yeah, dude. it really is, man. You don't know him. You don't really, you don't really get the beauty out of life until you go through the struggle of it because you, you got to experience that. I have a song called life ain't always pretty and I put out uh, recently and it's basically just about that. Like you got to know the halfway empty to know the halfway full. You just have to, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Mike Tyson didn't come up with this 
by himself, but I, I really like Mike. I follow him on everything. And he posted something a couple of days ago and I shared it. But without a test, there's no testimony. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I, like that's what that's what when you were just saying that, I was like, oh man, that just that is right where I, my head was the other day. And I think that goes into like you're talking about the music, like a 21 year old, good looking. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm not, this is a blanket statement for sure. But like if you're a 21 year old high school quarterback star, good looking, always got the girl you wanted, like what are you going to sing about? This? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to hear about drinking on a truck in a small town again. Like that's. That's as deep as you go. As you go, like I, I'll pass. Like I'd rather listen to the forty-five-year-old dude that's been through some stuff. You know, when I signed my deal at Seagill, uh, my the per, uh, Kim Wiggins is her name, who's uh, my who's my point person over there who signed me, and she said something during our breakfast that stuck with me, and one of the reasons I went with Seagill. Uh, she said, you know, at some point country music became all about Friday and Saturday night and people stopped singing about Sunday through Thursday. And she goes, I like writers that write about Sunday through Thursday. And, uh, that's just stuck with me, man. And that's the stuff I want to listen to. Yeah. Uh, if you were to get in my truck right now, you're not going to hear a happy song. I, yeah. I, I'm not that depressed anymore. Like I, I'm good. Like my mental health is good now. I'm a little crazier now and then, but every song I listen to, is a song about life, a song about love, song about loss. Uh, I love any song that starts off with I'm a piece of shit in the beginning, I found God at the end, or anything yeah. like like I love that stuff the most. And yeah. I think that that is just what resonates with people. And yeah. it, it's got if it don't come back around, I don't I don't know. I think I'm gonna find another industry to work in because it it's just so frustrating to me that you have talent like you. And other folks that are just putting the stuff out there that that stapled in chance. Yeah. It, it, that one chance, and everybody's gonna be like, Oh, I listened to Brett Shroki for years. Well, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're just missing it because they don't know it's there. Yeah. Well, just I, I keep I encourage you, man, keep carrying that torch and, and never let it be enough. Like just keep going with it because it matters, man. Like I I did the, I did a podcast thing uh, right before for my surgery and and one of the questions they asked me it was more of like an interview kind of yeah. scenario and one of the questions they asked me at the end was he's like what can you tell me in like words like what music means to you and like I started tearing up I started crying like I, I, I it caught me off guard that's what you're supposed to do when you get yeah. that question yeah and and it just made me think of like how how much music has given me and to think for a second that I would just use it to, to, to benefit me and just treat it as sort of like this stepping stone that like get and not try to give something back to it. Uh, that, that would, I would regret that on my deathbed, like nobody's business. So, um, uh, you know, you just, that's a torch. I think we just, everybody that believes that we just all have to carry it and, and try to be the change. You well, know? One, one of the things that is just a, a commonality with all the artists that we have on the show, especially when we do like the live shows, whether, because uh, one of the, my uh, real favorite things to do, and I would love to invite you to this one time, besides for our writers round at Live Oak, is I like getting the artists together at wherever we're recording that in Nashville and everybody just sit around and bullshit to where it's not in a, a public setting. And we did this for the first time, like maybe a year and a half ago. 
And it was where you could tell like all the artists that were there were treating it like a job. Yeah. And I, and I understand with y'all that it is a job, but then I was like, I done had a couple of drinks and everything in me. And I was like, Hey, look, I'm not going to ask you to play a Broadway cover or a number one cover, but I want you to play what got you into country music, what made you fall in love with country music in the first place. And it was like everybody's attitude in the room completely changed when they got to play what made them fall in love with country music. And it was even where like, I had never heard. And I, I'm telling you, I like deep cuts. I like almost, I like a lot of fucking country music, right? I had never heard the song. Everything that glitters isn't gold. Mm. And we had probably five or six folks that were sitting there and they all knew it and they had never played it together. They didn't, um, practice at first or anything, but every one of them sang it together. And it's one of the most special moments in the show. Besides for it sounding as good as it did, it was, you got to see artists in the moment, go back to why I love country music, mm. why I love it. And that is where, like with some of the stuff you're talking about earlier, when you get reminded that this just isn't a job, that this is a passion, this is, this is something that I want to, to do and i want to leave my mark on the world like you're reminded that i think that's when the best stuff comes to like absolutely it, man and and what blows my mind i've said this numerous times like what blows my mind is no matter what you do in the music business like if you're an a r person or a publisher or you know management or whatever like we all moved here because of what music did to us like that that was what that's what made us want to do it and then you get here and then like the business and all that stuff starts like chipping away at that person yeah. and you start to forget it. But, but don't forget, like, that's why we're here. And, and everybody that's out there that just loves music, that's what they have. Like they're not in here. They don't, they're not, they just want that real thing. And, uh, and I, th I think that's beautiful, man. I, uh, I told you I was friends with Phil Vassar. He was doing some kind of project. He was going to do some sort of a show or whatever. He has this thing called songs in the cellar that he has that, on the circle network and stuff. And he was doing another one and he was going to have like Garth Brooks on and, uh, and Vince Gill and like stuff that he's friends with these people. And the, and the format was just play me like a song that you love, yeah. like not one of your play me a song that you love. And he, he was telling me, he was like, dude, he's like the amount of excitement that, cause they're always like trying to be an artist and like yeah. do their thing, promote their things. Like that was just like, they got to be the person that they were when they moved here again. And he's like, they just lit up. Like they were so excited to do that. You know, and Garth was going to play like a James Taylor song and, you know, uh, Gretchen Wilson was going to do like a heart song or something. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, that's so great. Like we it's forget. It's, yeah. It's awesome. When you get, when you go back to that reality, you, whatever you just said right here uh, made me think of a song. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it. I had only heard it because Eric church covered it, but 16th Avenue. Um, 16th Wait, what is that? It's um, oh, shit. I, I'm trying to remember the lady's name who uh who originally came out with. It's like back from the seventies. Um, dude, if you have, it's one Check that, it dude, it's one of those that, uh, I'm gonna send. Let's see, copy, share song. Yeah. Um, go to Instagram. But uh, dude, it's one of those that literally, the first time I heard it. I about lost my shit and I wanted to send it to every artist that I was friends with, like every single one. Cause it's like, is this, it, 
is this this Lacey Dalton? Is that what yeah, it yeah, is? yeah? I think it's 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 an older song. Um, Eric Church's the version. Boys, oh, the Boys of Sixteenth Avenue. Is it that one? Uh, no. I I think it's just Sixteenth Avenue. I just okay. I just uh, sent it to you on Instagram. Okay, I think. Cool. Um, cool. but dude, let me tell you, that whole song is talking about what you're talking about right now. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe that someone has not like put it out. Besides, for Eric Church is doing a live version of it at Bridgestone. Um, but like you even can tell when he sings it, no one knew the song and I sure as hell didn't beforehand. And it's just like, that's, if we could just get back to making music, that that's how you felt about your own stuff, because uh-huh. you could write and play your own stuff that way. There's something about that. That's just, just so special, dude. Yeah. I think you just keep doing it, man. Keep doing it. Keep carrying the, carrying the torch, like I said. And uh, I don't think people know, like you said, they don't know that they're starving. They don't know what they don't know. And and until they have it in front of them, I think it just comes down to that, like to be able to witness it and see it and be like, oh. I mean, everybody, whenever you play the Bluebird, people come in there and like that, like I said earlier, they don't, they've never experienced that before. They they walk away thinking like, that's so much better than going and sitting oh, in nosebleeds at something and watching somebody on the. I won't go to a big concert. I'm spoiled now, dude. I will not go to a big concert unless somebody is taking me side stage. Yeah, uh, and it's just because, like, I would rather go to the blue. I would Bluebird or something. Like, I would rather go hear that than. I like that the owners, the the artist is vulnerable in that moment. I like that they're real in that moment. They can say what they want to. They can explain why they're passionate about this. Like I don't, I don't need to see a stadium show again. I, yeah. I really don't, it, unless it's like somebody that is the last time I would ever get to see what we talked about earlier. Yeah, I, I would much rather do that. I'm with you, man. But um, before we get off here, uh, one drop your social media and uh, any events or anything that you've got coming up, if you've got anything. And, uh, dude, I'm so glad that you recovered from your heart surgery, too. Uh, I know I bothered the shit out of you beforehand, but it's just because I'm a fan. And I was like, and I was like, I got to get this guy on my show. Well, I'm very grateful for that. So thank you. Uh, it's, it still blows my mind sometimes. Well, pretty much every time I think when everybody, when somebody wants to just talk to me about what I do, like that just kind of, it's still weird to me or whatever, but so I'm very grateful for it. I really believe, and I've used this metaphor since I started the show. Um, if you think about like your favorite television series or whatever, you usually got invested in a character, right? Like there's one person that you really loved and it didn't matter if they did good, if they did bad, you still were invested in them and you, you support them. Right. So what I try to do is I try to find the artists. And when we do a show, give the listener a reason why to be invested in you instead of it just being a fucking interview. Like I want them now, they got a better chance of being like, I identify with you. So even if you were to put out something subpar and I don't think that's going to happen, but even if you were, we want the listeners to be like, I don't care. Like this is my dude. Yeah. I've got people like that. They don't always come out with a banger. It's not, you're not going to have an all time song every time you release something. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm still going to support them. And I'm going to be like, this is good. If it's not good, then I'm probably just not going to say shit at all. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to go download it, pre-save it, share it, all that kind of stuff, and try to push them. And when you open up and you talk about stuff like you did today, it gives the listener a reason why. I'm big on the why of things. And, yeah, dude, it's, I know you probably still get humble 
every once in a while. Uh, but I don't think there's reason to be. I think I think that you are making real country music for people. Um, and you lived it. You can just tell like you're you're being authentic, and that's what makes me like you and folks like you so damn much. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate that. You are welcome. Well, uh, if you got anything coming out or anything soon or any shows, just now would be the time to drop them and we'll get the hell out of here. Well, man, I, uh, yeah, this, the surgery I had, uh, it was going to be, you know, earlier, like February, then March, then April, and then, you know, it kept getting pushed. So I haven't been booking a whole lot of stuff. I'm just now getting, uh, shows booked for the fall or whatever. But, uh, you know, just get them, I guess you can keep up on my website, my socials, brettschroke.com or Instagram slash brettschroke and, uh, booking some shows and, uh, booked a couple in Houston, booking some in Dallas, Louisiana. Uh, got a couple here in Tennessee, a couple places. So, uh, just follow there. I'm kind of in that thick of it right now doing that today. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, like I said earlier, I, my mind is made up. I'm making my first record. So, uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited. Got to figure out how <laughs> but once I do that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Well, cool. Try to try to leave August the twenty third open for Live Oak for me. I'd love to have oh, yeah. you on our on our birthday one year inter- well not one year anniversary, but we started doing shows at Live Oak in August of last year. So okay. yeah, I'm and it's around my birthday too. So I'm gonna try to make okay. it into a a big one. I'm gonna really try to pack that lineup, and I would love to have you on it. Okay, cool. August twenty third, you said, right? Yes, sir. All right, let me. I'll get back to you today. That's that'd be cool. Awesome, dude. Cool. Uh, I'm going to shoot you over my number and everything and check out that song I sent you. And uh, yeah, dude, um, I just appreciate your time, man. I appreciate what you do more than you know. Uh, Right back at you, man. Honestly. So yeah, let's keep, let's keep connected and keep fighting together. Let's do it. As long as you got real country music to play, I'm going to listen. All right. Deal. (laughs) Cool. All right, folks. Well, thank y'all for listening to the Josh Terry podcast. Y'all go check out Brett Sorokey and everything that he's got on social media. Uh, definitely go check out some YouTube videos of him um, and download all of his stuff on iTunes, Spotify. And uh, thank you all for listening to the show. We'll catch you next time.